Welcome to another episode of the Unqualified Huddle with Sham, Simon and me, Shan. We've had week 10 more or less in the books where we're recording this on Monday uh, with one more game left to go. How are we feeling about the season, guys? I'd feel a lot better if we were predicting better, right? Another terrible week so far. I mean, I, I'm just feeling, uh, I'm feeling it as a Saints fan. Um, the last two weeks have not been not been good, been a bit bloodied, but... Uh, you know, overall, th- this season, it's like what I said in the previous podcast, it's so unpredictable. Like, some of the results we had this weekend, I said it last week, this week's even more so. It's just ridiculous. And it shows by our picks that, you know, you just you can't predict this at NFL uh, anymore. But Any given Sunday, as they say. Yeah, but it, it just shows that it's more on an even balance because teams are more even when it comes to this part in the standings now. Like Even teams it's, like Miami, apparently. Still in the playoff hunt. You can still get a playoff berth. Is it bad that I'm supporting the Jags, but I'm not too bad with how, well, just another loss, just because we kept it within a touchdown, even though we were played so bad on offense. It yeah, feels but, like a relief when yes. we keep a game close. No, that's that's not the feeling you want to have as a fan. <laughs> See, that's a feeling yeah. we've had for a decade Except minus one season. <laughs> yes, we only just lost. Good job. Pat ourselves on the back. No. That's what it no. is like to be a Jags fan for the last 10 years, bar one okay, season. Okay, I- I- enough moping. Uh, we must apologise to our listeners. We we didn't put out an episode um, on Friday or Saturday. Um, yeah, my bad, so, my bad, my bad. Some members of the podcasting team weren't as committed to the course. We had a great episode for you guys, but it will it will remain in the locker room. Yeah, yeah all it ba- needed to bad. do was, well, happen was for it to be edited. And... We had time conflicts, so hence why it couldn't happen. Yeah, my bad. My bad. That's all I say. My bad. With that out of the way, let's get straight into the game. And uh, I just want to go straight into the team I mentioned earlier, Miami Dolphins. 22 to 10 upset over this supposed powerhouse of the AFC. Are they? Are, and are, is any AFC team a powerhouse at this point? I don't think you can call any AFC team a powerhouse right now. Um, at the end of the day, each like they're all beating each other. Like you think you you have the read on on one team being better than another. Like we thought we had the read on this Ravens team being potentially better than the rest of their competition, and then they're going for a dub. Uh, not a dub. They go for a. Uh, uh, oh, they become duds. They they just don't do anything against this Miami team who just uh, worked them over a little bit in this victory on Thursday night football. I mean, um, uh, Titans surely. No, you don't think Titans are good at eight and two? I don't talk about the Titans right now. Sore point. <laughs> the, the Titans. Uh, I, I suppose if there's any team in the AFC, t- Tennessee, right? And Buffalo, looking at what they did this week. But really, I, I'm, I'm not trusting any team in the AFC. To be honest, yeah, Titans without Derrick Henry are a different proposition altogether. They shouldn't have kept the game against the Saints that close. But the- yeah, here we are. There is one team that I'm now starting to uh, have faith in, which disgusts me as an the NFL Green Bay fan. Packers, isn't it? It's not. It's the New England Patriots after Ooh. that uh, game against um, the, Browns. the Browns. But we'll come on to that in a minute. Well, let's let's go back to this Miami team and talk about Tua. But I know that you wanted to talk about Sham. Yeah, definitely. I, I think so. As a, well, I might as well say it now, guys. Right, my qualified player of the week. Spoiler alert. Tua Tungavailoa. I mean, I, I just think how they schemed up defensively 
was so critical. They went blitz heavy. I believe they blitzed 38 times in the game. It's a great strategy against Lamar Jackson. Load up that line of scrimmage, confuse the quarterback. If not confuse him, just bring everyone. And you'll have more people coming in for the, uh, you, you know, you, you should have one person winning um, against an O-lineman and you get the quarterback quite quickly. Um, they forced Lamar to try and get the ball out as quick as possible. They didn't target the middle of the field that much. Uh, but I think it was a great game plan by Miami. They've used it quite often. I don't know how sustainable it is. But Tua Tungavailoa, he is my qualified player of the week for one reason, one reason only. It's a statement. He's been, I would say, not treated great by Brian Flores, but it's the NFL. I mean, he's not delivered those big... a certified Tua hater. I mean, he doesn't throw the ball deep. That That is something he needs to correct. And it's, even at college, he wasn't a deep ball thrower, really. But he, he was clutch. He came in when, really, Brian Flores said he wasn't healthy to start. Then Jacoby Brissett played. He was not playing well. It was a close game. Jacoby, what you thought was an injury to rule him out for the whole game, he was ready to come back in. Brian Flores said, no, 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 no. We're not going to put you back in. We're going to keep Tuatunga Vailoa, who apparently wasn't ready to play. But he plays, and he completed... Eight of 13 passes, I believe. But the statement is beating the Ravens. That touchdown drive, great p- drive. It's just, it, They needed to spark that point and Tua provided it. I, I just think that was an impact win. Can they? Can he keep it going week on week? That's the, been the problem for him. And he needs to. It, it's a statement. Now deliver on it. Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> I've never seen you, you talk about Miami Dolphins as much as you have today. I think that. That's I mean, I agree. Season. I completely agree with Simon's assessment. Is no, but I'm trying to give um, them hope. I'm trying to give their fan base a hope. I, I, I want to take this. Uh, look at it the other way. The Miami Dolphins have a blueprint of how to stop the Baltimore team. I think that many other teams can look at what they've done. Uh, some of these blitzes from the DBs. I think Lamar just struggled, and uh, you're wondering that you know other teams are going to see this, and, and they're probably going to probably going to uh, copy exactly until the Baltimore Ravens can find their their offers. Maybe it's a one-off or maybe it is going to be a trend. No, well, it, it's it's what they say. This league is, it's like, once one team figures it out and does something, the other teams will key in on it. You'll see this now more often where teams will be lining up that line of scrimmage and just sending random blitzes at Lamar Jackson because they know he can't handle it. And they know if they don't do that, he can, like, damage teams. He can He can play teams well. I, this is what it is in this league, which is, you know, fair, this is what it should be. If you see something that works, copy it, by all mm-hmm. means. And Brian Flores is creative, but I want to give out also a special shout-out to Javon Holland, the rookie safety of the Dolphins. He was great, again, and he looks really impressive. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, Simon, I know you've got a lot you want to talk about, you know, the, these backup quarterbacks. We were speaking so highly of last week. Well, this is what I don't. This is what I don't like about it. It's like, and it's not just those. It's like everyone that you speak to about NFL, you fall into this like sense of, uh, I don't know, believe me, love. Like, yeah, I think well, it's love in some cases it, because it's kind of like a journeyman. And you're like, that could have been me. Like, I, you know, you have some sort of like camaraderie with these guys that come in and they have a great game. Colt McCoy last week for the Cardinals, Mike White on his like start in the NFL, and then reality hits in. <laughs> Uh, they get shown up for what they are, which is backup quarterbacks. 
Um, By another backup quarterback, arguably. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and this is what uh, this is what just irritates me because uh, we talk about you need to find a competent backup quarterback to manage games and, and do well. And like, look, you look at all the teams in the NFL. I I couldn't name a team that has a backup quarterback that you think could start. Maybe like San Francisco have uh, the rookie. Uh, if you say that he was a starter, Trey Lance was a starter, then Garoppolo would probably be a guy that you start. Outside of that, though. It's hard to see, and I think this is a problem, mainly because it hurts my feelings when things like this happen. <laughs> so, like when when the card, so when they have the doors blown off by the Panthers and Cam Newton's revenge game, revenge that... of the NFL game. Um, Cam Newton's always had AZ's number, though, to be fair, literally from his uh, debut bye. against Arizona. <laughs> Um, Arizona's never been able to stop him, but yeah, that that match got ugly right from the get go. Colt McCoy had a costly fumble. Uh, it wouldn't have probably proved much uh, much of a difference because Caroline were just on it. Yeah. Well, there's no hype for the PJ Walker starting, uh, you know, for next week because Matt Rules come out saying Cam Newton's a starter going forward, so they're, they're trying well, to get I, him to starting. I don't think I don't think he actually outright called him a starter, but I think he's going to get. Most, if not all, of the first team reps. You can't pay the man four and a half million to come to your facility and not have him start. Like, unfortunately for Walker, he's the odd man out in this because I actually like him. I think that you know he deserves a chance to to have a go, basically. But Panthers made their decision. They went out. They got Cam Newton back. They spent a lot of money on getting him back. He was always going to start for them. He was always going to be a guy that they turned to. Now that Donald's out. Sorry. I mean, the Panthers love spending money on average quarterbacks in the last year. I mean, since David <laughs> Tepper's taken over. They're paying Teddy Bridgewater probably a lot of money still as well. Well, He's... I saw, saw a meme about um, them all, like they're paying the guy that they replaced Cam Newton with while also paying Cam Newton, which is quite funny. Is uh, someone in PJ Walker's camp going to make a, a, a video complaining <laughs> about the offensive, <laughs> offensive scheme and the receivers to try and get him out of them? <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like a great idea to do. And what about a like, conspiracy? I reckon it was uh, Odell Beckham that pushed Robert Woods in practice to do his ACL, but, you know. <laughs> talk about conspiracies. I, I do just want to talk about that. We've not had, when we recorded this on, on Monday, we've not had the LA Rams play. Um, but we have to mention that terrible injury to one of the best receivers in the league, underrated receivers, definitely, to Robert Woods. And... Yeah, I, I was worried about the chemistry because Cup, Woods, Van Jefferson have a great thing going on. I was worried about Odell going there and trying to take the limelight of it. Um, but now you think that they do need someone of Odell's. Uh, maybe, you know, not he's not elite talent anymore, but he's, he's still capable. Maybe they need someone like him now, opposite Cup. He's definitely a capable guy. Like It's definitely a bonus now. Now this is happened, it's definitely a bonus for them to have him um, signing for them because he is that extra receiver that they could put out in their free receiver sets um, and they did need it now that Woods is out which like you say he is the, probably the most underrated receiver in the NFL um, fabulous in what he does it's just it depends on what that connection between Stafford and Odell is going to be like or if you, in three weeks time you'll have a, a second YouTube video of Stafford overthrowing Odell as well we'll see I mean Odell as long as they're winning I don't think he'll be an issue but that Rams locker room's got a lot of characters. They just need a losing season, which I don't see happening anytime soon. But do you think, talking of the Rams in that division recently, do you think the Seahawks are done? Toasted. Right? Uh, uh, is, is this Russ Cook? 
I don't know. Maybe the Seahawks are better off now trading him out, getting a boatload of picks and rebooting. I, I think Russell Wilson I, isn't going to win him another Super Bowl anytime soon. I'd, Seahawks I'd, have needed a lot of change. I'd hang, I'd hang fire on the whole Russ is done, let's get him out. Like he's, you know, he's not good anymore. We need to get you, what we can for him. Burn the building But it's down. also his posturing. His, his <laughs> you, posturing in with his Simon, agent last offseason to move. You knew Sham was going to be quick on the <laughs> Russell Wilson out of the NFL take. All he, all he needed, we could have been in the Super Bowl final for all him mad. If he had one bad game, he maybe even in preseason, he'll be like, get yeah. him out. Get him out. No, I, you can't take much from this Green Bay game um, for a number of reasons. The first one being that Green Bay's defense has been pretty good the last few weeks. They've held all their opponents to under 20 points. Um, I think overall it's been like 36 points in the last three weeks is what they've conceded. So that is a pretty good stat to be getting on with. Um, and then also Russell Wilson's come back from an injury where the time frame was like six to eight weeks. He's come back in four. So oh, yeah, he's a super healer, isn't he? But supposedly he's been rehabbing 19 hours a day, which <laughs> I'm not buying. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, definitely I'm, not buying. I'm not buying that at all. However... He has come back early from his injury. And you could argue perhaps it would have been better to let Gino carry on starting for a few games while Russell gets fully healthy. However, that's Gino, not the... Gino wouldn't be shut out, would he? <laughs> Gino wouldn't have been shut out. However, alongside this, Russell was missing throws and stuff. But you have to look towards some of the players as well to help him out. Um, I think that's the issue I have with, with like this Seahawks team especially at the minute is that their offense just is a bit defunct like they don't i don't think they know their own identity they, they've got these big mm. name receivers metcalf and uh tyler lockett metcalf's too big for his own boots like yeah. he, he, he got ejected he got ejected and tried to sneak back on the pitch like <laughs> they kicked him out and then he, he ran back to the huddle they couldn't notice a uh, guy with blue hair on, on the you know, around about the pitch well they, they couldn't then... no, notice the biggest receiver of the Seahawks like running back to the pit, huddle yeah of course mate <laughs> he didn't he change his helmet and visor apparently he thought they wouldn't notice <laughs> But like my my thinking is the Seahawks know they want to run the ball. That's what Pete Carroll wants this team to look like. Run the ball, play defense. But then none of their running backs excite you, right? Alex Hos- Collins, Chris Carson when is there, Chris, DJ Dallas, Chris Carson Penny. Right. He's just always injured. No, no, but it's not a team like they don't have a proper running back there who you can get excited by to play that identity. Because they don't do anything special. Because they don't do that, he still wants that, that, that to be their identity. But I don't think Russell Wilson's a guy who wants to be thrown in the pocket 40 times a game either. No, no. Uh, okay, he was a bit rusty yesterday. But it's also, for me, the issue is he tried to posture out a move this offseason. Surely so, now is time to move on. So my, Well, my issue is not actually with Russell in, in this scenario. My issue is with Pete Carroll. Because like he said, he wants to run the ball. But alongside that, he d- the offensive line hasn't been amazing for the last few years, and even this year, it's not. It's not one of the better ones in the league. And second of all, like you said, what running back is exciting there? Which running back do you go there and think, oh, that guy is going to be the bell cow and like run the ball hundred yards a game? None of them. They haven't Marshall had a, a running back. Yeah, well, that's what I'm going to say. They haven't had a running back that was capable of doing that since Marshall Lynch was playing for them. And I, I mean, the first time, not the second time. But, <laughs> so, so, like. 
because of that, he's just not evolving with the times. And like he's gone out and got this big body, like deep threat receiver in DK Metcalf, and he's not using him right. Metcalf. I mean, they, they tried to throw a lot. They tried to throw a lot of just deep shots yesterday, but it was it was, seemed a little hopeless. Adrian Amos yeah. had a great game for the Packers, but like <laughs> surely. I believe either Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll isn't there next season. I agree with I, that. Yeah, I, uh, I can see that happening. And yeah, Russ, is, Russ looked terrible. He made too many mistakes. They, they don't seem to have defined leadership there. They're not cohesive as a group, but I'm willing to just wipe this one off, see what they do next week. They better start performing because they're three and six. And this is looking uh, and like a train crash. Moving on. So I want to talk about a guy who I have had problems with even before week one and that is joe lombardi tay i know you love the man um i don't really have many feelings for him uh, but uh, as we've discussed well we'll discuss it now um so you don't have a strong feelings as you did for dan campbell with him no right? no okay. not, not as much as dan campbell no obviously not but like next thing yeah. we're saying he doesn't care about sean payton <laughs> I understand your your issues with it. Like I do understand that this this Los Angeles uh, Chargers offense is now looking a bit. Um, uh, there's another word for it. They're looking terrible. Like, you have but, one. Of, you have it, one of the trash. most. Yeah, you have one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL, and you you're not challenging anyone deep. And and that's it is kind of annoying because you know early in the year they were doing that. They were letting Mike Williams like be Mike Williams, like put him in situations where he can just go downfield and make like catches and use them as that X receiver. So not even like giving them the throws across the middle and stuff. And that was really working for them. And it is really frustrating because they have got a good like, you know, between um, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, they're a good one two punch. Alongside that, they've got a good offensive line this year. They've, they've put a lot of money into that offensive line. So you would have mm. thought they'd be able to run the ball a little bit more efficiently, but they can't even run the ball. Like they they can't they can't do anything. They can't get out of their own way. It's, You'd it, uh, even Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. They have deep ball for uh, like receivers, right? They should, as you were saying, that isn't is playing a lot of X, but he's got, they've both got the skill set to go deep, and they're just not making use of those skill sets enough. Yeah, well, it, it it's all of that to be honest. It's all about them not using the skill sets of the players and stuff. But it's also, I think, like what I was saying before, it's not just the offense that's that's bad for this Chargers team right now. This defense is like playing terribly as well. We're, they're ranked one of the worst in run defense in the league. Their pass defense isn't very good. They're just not a good team. And like Brandon Staley was brought over as like this defensive genius from the Chargers. He's had the top ranked defense the last few years. He's not shown it in in LA. Like he's not shown to make this defense better. They, they are what they were last year. I also question some of his hirings, but I think mainly because it's too early. He's, he is a guy who's going to have to learn quite a bit on the job. Uh, it's one of those young guys plucked to like early, like Zach. Um, Zach Taylor, I guess, of the Bengals, has uh, got more credibility in terms of what he did in LA with the Rams. But you think he's going to have to grow year in, year out with this role. It's just a bit risky when you've got a star rookie quarterback, well, second-year quarterback now. Well, I, I think uh, like we're going to have to see what happens with um, Staley. Because it, it, like, Zach Taylor came from the Sean McVay coaching tree, didn't he? And it took him a few years to, to get off to a good start with the um, Bengals. 
So maybe it's going to be the same thing. Maybe they're going to have to be like this for a couple of years. And that's just maybe how coaches that are from Sean McVeigh's coaching tree is going to like, happen. Like maybe that's just the way that it is. If you're not, if they're not with the actual genius himself, it takes them time to find their feet. Hmm. But I, you know, it, it's true that the other offensive hires, like Lombardi, is probably not the the greatest choice as an offensive coordinator. Because um, at New Orleans, Sean Payton does it. So although he was offensive coordinator in like name only, living so, off of the people's successes, <laughs> pretty much. So then, because of that, he he's also learning on the job. But I, I, it's right what you're saying. He isn't doing a good job of things in in his play calling at this moment in time. He needs to assess like the strengths of this offense, which are Justin Herbert's arm and his receivers, and start utilizing them more. But again, they can't run the ball. That, although they've spent money on the offensive line, they don't make holes. Eckler's running into a brick wall every game, every every play. Eckler had three catches for fifteen yards. I mean, yes, one touchdown, but three catches. They they don't. He since uh, Herbert's been at the uh, Chargers, he's not thrown it to Eckler. Eckler's, Eckler's lost all of I, I, all of I, the I ability know, to throw about, the ball to him. I don't think I agree with that. No, when when Rivers is there, Eckler's getting a ball like ten times a game thrown at him. Yeah, I mean, he's not put off to Eckler, but it, since since Herbert's been there, he doesn't dump the ball to Eckler. Eckler should be used like McCaffrey, really, with the skill set in in open space. Try and get it to him on a short route, let him make a defender miss, and get those yards after catch. He was do has been doing that the last two years. They're trying to use him more like a normal running back. I don't think that's his best skill set, but it it is. It just seems all a little bit too disjointed down there. And this is the risk they took when they uh, fired Anthony Lynn, is that continuity for a second-year quarterback is gone. That offense wasn't really the issue. It was just lack of finish. Um, I don't know well, about this Chargers it's team. Just, it's just sort of concerning for them, because especially with the Chiefs playing how they did last night, they're in a tight division. They're going to have to win games if they want to still get a chance at the playoffs. Like They need to find a way to start winning. And like I picked them... I picked them to be the Patriots and I couldn't do it. And then now against the Vikings. Yeah. Well, not the only one. We all picked them to beat the Vikings and we were all wrong. Yep. Well, at five and four, they're still in they're, they're still in the running in an open division in an open conference as well. Absolutely. They're, okay. not, they're, they're not dead in the water, but they just need to start winning games because the Chiefs seem to have turned a corner after like, like last night's game. And they seem after to... After one week. Yeah, but... It only takes one week. They seem to have turned the corner a bit, and they're going to start running away. I think with this division, um, the other teams have all fell off the cliff a little bit, and they all need to get back on on the horse, as it were, and start winning games. Okay, before we move on to our qualified players of the week, Sham, thank you for spoiling one of the three. Uh, is there any quick points you guys want to mention about the uh, takeaways from week ten? My my only real point is that the officiating is horrendous. <laughs> and NFL officiating, it, considering that you, you literally have people watching stuff on a video back in New York, it is horrendous. Like, it, it's infuriating. And yes, I'm saying that as a Salty Saints fan for that bull crap P.I. call that cost us a touchdown. Not P.I. call, sorry. Uh, roughing the passer call that cost us a touchdown. 
So, I'm waiting for the NFL to come out with another video this week saying how that call was the correct call and justify it. <laughs> like, if we don't watch the game, come on, guys. Yeah, it's it's just bad. Like last week, what happened with um, Cassius March, and then this week, this call. It's every week. Like people are talking about bad calls made by the ref. There's not a week that goes by when they're like, it was actually okay. Like it it is just terrible, and the amount of money that gets spent on it, it's shocking that this is still happening. Well, one thing they can do is, first of all, make the referees full-time employees. Just, you know, get them in as full-time employees. You could have better training programs. You can have a bigger pool of referees. You can demote referees. Tony Corrente was still refereeing this week, no matter how bad he called the Pittsburgh game. You can be assured this referee who I don't know who it was for the Saints game is going to have another game next week. The only thing they currently get punished on is the playoffs. And the points for that, but it's yeah, they need a bigger pool, they need some fresh referees coming coming in, and they need to give them a full time role where they can offer them good salaries. Because right now, the top referees are being taken over by these network uh, networks like CBS and like Pereira's that you see on TV. It's a bit ridiculous how a billion dollar company like the NFL can't get full time referees and keep its best ones there or retain them in New York. Yeah, we, we've had this conversation about refereeing time and time again and it doesn't look like it's going anywhere this year like every year it seems like it's just got worse and yeah um, I'm just fed up yeah, one thing I wanted to quickly say Chase Young out for the season that's going to be a horrible loss for the Washington football team not that they're playing for the playoffs but Bengals, just mean? an a Washington football team Chase Young oh sorry Ch- uh, Chase Young I thought you said Jamar Chase no 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 Ch- it's just what it means for Chase Young going into next year. ACL's long recovery way gets back to his full strength. It's just the, it's just gutting when a superstar young player has to go through that. But on the positive side, Aaron Jones is only out for one to two weeks. It could have been worse. It looked worse on the TV. It looked like he only had, he had an ACL, but it's an MCL sprain. And then TJ Watt has just been um, his his tests have just come back ne- negative. So just a quick roundup on some of those injuries. Okay, moving on to our qualified players of the week. Uh, Sham, you had Tua, so we don't need to get to you. Simon, who's your, who's your guy? So for me, I, I picked a guy who stepped up for his team this week, uh, in Ramondre Stevenson. He carried 20 times, 100 yards, average is five yards of carry, two touchdowns, um, and a few catches as well. He he just stepped up. He's proven um, like to, that the same as any New England team when they were good. Like, it doesn't matter who their running back is, they'll still run the ball for 100 yards. Back in the days when it was like Rex Burkhead peeling off a 100-yard game somehow. Um, no, he had a great game. Uh, and I think it's just an, like it shows that this New England team is no joke anymore. They're, they're coming for the playoffs, which is really disappointing if you're an NFL fan and hated watching Tom Brady in the playoffs <laughs> for the last 20 years. <laughs> All the Patriots over and over and over and over again getting on TV. But I, I thought the Patriots would be the little uh, brother to the big brother, um, Cleveland Browns that week, and it turned out to be completely the opposite. After you predicted a Patriots victory. I did, but not like that. Ramondre Stevenson, like Simon's qualified player of the week, he totally deserves that award. He, he looked good. He, he looked like he could fit in that Cleveland backfield. And um, I guess the Bill Belichick revenge game is working out to a T. 
And Patriots, uh, as good as anyone is finding running backs who can just plug in and play. Uh, so my guys on defense this week, and it's a big play Slay, Darius Slay, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he had literally one of the biggest plays, arguably the biggest play of the match. Uh, Denver were driving, they were only one possession down, uh, and he caused Melvin Gordon to fumble and took the play after a bit of dancing around in the defensive backfield to the house, 82 yards, touchdown return, and it changed the game. And the Philadelphia Eagles would go on to completely dominate the Denver Broncos, which none of us predicted. Yeah, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater should have tackled the guy. That's all I'm saying. No, was... no, he made a business decision. <laughs> uh, you, if it's Tom Brady not making the tackle, no one's saying anything about it. But Tom Brady's Tom Brady, really, who can justify it with his play. Teddy Bridgewater can't justify it. He needs to show no, his teammates that he's still willing yeah, to give up his body. The, ma- the man hasn't got a knee. The, the man hasn't got a knee. <laughs> Just leave him alone. He clearly hasn't a... got an arm either. <laughs> he needs to fight for the badge. I agree. No, I, I don't hate it. I mean... <sighs> You could argue that if you'd have made a tackle, they might not have like scored the touchdown. But at that point in the game, like it, it didn't really matter too much if you made the tackle or not. They were still going to lose. So, it you know save yourself for next week. Because look at Baker Mayfield. He made a tackle. Everyone went, oh amazing. He's had a separated shoulder since. So you know. It, but just it, go with the. Uh, just, I don't know. Don't try and go for the layout. But just go for the ankle slider. Just dive a little. Do something. You can't do what he did. But going back to Darius Slay, when the Eagles first got him, his first year wasn't great, I didn't think. He's really come back, bounced back. And I, initially, I thought his legs had gone. Uh, but he's playing with his brain a lot better. He's making plays for the Eagles consistently now. And he, he looks like the real deal. Great week for him. Yeah, just a small correction. He wasn't the guy who stripped uh, Melvin Gordon, but he took the play to the house. So regardless, um, big play by Slay. And he's having a fantastic year. All right, that's it for this week's episodes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Sham, take us away. We are now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as all other good podcasting services. So give us that five-star review if you can. Follow us on Twitter at T-U-H underscore podcast and send in your questions there or email us on theunqualifiedhuddle at outlook.com. Join us for our next episode soon. Peace. Goodbye in Turkish. <laughs>